So this morning I have the privilege of introducing uh, Pastor Jim Reimer. He is an active leader in the region of Kootenai, and he's been active there for the past 40 years. And uh, he, lead, he uh, is lead pastor of Kootenai Christian Fellowship in Nelson, and Kootenai Christian Fellowship uh, was the birth by street preaching 31 years ago. That's amazing, eh? That church was birthed from street preaching. And uh, it now has a uh, staff of 12 people, and they have a strong community presence. It's a real emphasis on Jim's heart, you can tell. Um, its ministries include Our Daily Bread, which provides meals for up to 100 people a day for five days a week. That's amazing. That's great. That's what the church is about, reaching our communities. And... Um, so Jim serves as uh, one of the elders. He's a retired elder, but senior elder. He's still there, so he's an... He, anyways, that's who Jim is, and come on up, Jim. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction, and uh, it's great to be here. Um, typically, I say, uh, don't applause, just send money. It's great to be here. I've had a long-standing relationship with this church, and uh, Pastor Paul and, and Patty and I, uh, uh, we've been friends for a long time, uh, and I'd like to suggest that this morning, I, I, I was telling you that this morning service that my wife was prostrate before the Lord, uh, still in her hotel sleeping, but, um, <laughs> but she's with us now, so uh, Doreen, would you please stand and just uh, wave at everybody? She's a beauty, hey, come on. Uh. So over the years, we've had a great relationship uh, with this church, and, and uh, the, uh, I remember coming here, the first time I was here, there was no houses in the area, so you can just tell how old I am. Um, it's great to see how things are going. You know, and I, I just wanted to talk to you today about um, uh, the, uh, see if it worked. There it goes, <laughs> the Sabbath. And, um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about rule keeping, and I know that Albertans are really... Uh, they don't keep rules very well. <laughs> you know, uh, Doreen and I were on our way here and we we're traveling along and, and uh, we were going on the highway, uh, highway two and, um, and you know, we're, Doreen is driving and, and uh, you know, cars are passing us constantly. And so I said to Doreen, how, how fast are you going? She says, oh, I'm keeping the speed limit. Doreen is a rule keeper. How many rule keepers have you got in the house? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> hey, this is my kind of church. <laughs> you know, there's some people are rule keepers and some people aren't. And, um, and I just thought I'd uh, share with you some kind of um, funny rules that are out there. Um, did you know that it's against the law to paint a wooden ladder? Yeah, you can't do that here. Uh, you know, don't, don't be painting wooden ladders. And the second, another one here is that in Alberta, did you know that in Alberta, you can't have a pet rat without a permit? That's why BC has all the rats. In Kansas City, this is an interesting one, um, and, and actually, I, when, I thought maybe we could actually make this red deer, but in Kansas City, Missouri, there's a rule there, a law. Children are prohibited 
by law from buying cap guns, but that does not prohibit them from buying shotguns. Uh, so, you know, this, I love this rule. I think we should, uh, I'm going to run for city council and see if we can put this in Nelson. In, in Juliet, Illinois, um, there's a rule there that women are not allowed to try on more than six dresses at one store. <laughs> yeah. You know, the best, the best accessory in a store is a couch for the man. Okay, I got, uh, got one more here. I, I, you know, um, I don't understand this rule, but uh, I'm sure it has a purpose. In Oshawa, Ontario, it is illegal to climb a tree. So no tree climbing in Oshawa. You know, we have the Ten Commandments, and um, the Ten Commandments are, some would suggest that they're the Ten Suggestions. But actually, our justice system is built around the Ten Commandments, and, uh, and for the most part, People would attest that uh, these are important and we should, you know, honor them and keep them. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and Christians especially, um, you know, non-Christians might, you know, say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good, but they don't even know what they are. Um, but the Christians will say, yeah, we should keep the Ten Commandments. And, um, and I, I'm just thinking that maybe I should remind us what they are. And uh, here they are on the, on the screen. And the, um, so the Ten Commandments... Uh, you shall not. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, you shall make no. Uh, shall not make idols, and uh, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. So that means, uh, especially on the golf course. Um, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And lastly, you shall not covet. Now those ten commandments. Four of them are uh, heavenly directed. They're our relationship with God. And the six are our relationship with each other. And uh, so those Ten Commandments, actually, it's, it's, it's actually an ingenious. But when we are right connected with God, and then out of being a right connection with God, then we can have a right connection with each other. That's, that's the whole thing. That God is all about relationships. And, um, and so, the, so the Ten Commandments is about this very thing. But we, we, so we would agree, uh, mostly, I'm sure, um, that we should keep them, but we don't. And um, there's one commandment especially uh, that we don't, uh, we don't keep. In fact, as a church, we actually don't even keep it. We actually brag about not keeping it. And that's the fourth commandment. How many know what the fourth commandment is? Oh, it's on the screen there. The fourth commandment, that uh, not to, to, uh, to keep the Sabbath, to, not to break the Sabbath. And uh, so I've, I've got, um, there's two versions of them. Uh, the one is found in Exodus and the other is found in Deuteronomy. And the Exodus version is, they're, they're very identical except for one little portion of it. And I'm going to share that about with you this morning. But the Exodus 20 version and the, and the Deuteronomy 5 version talks about they give, it gives a list of the Ten Commandments. The, the, the fourth commandment, the Sabbath commandment, is the most wordy. It's the wordiest. Because God knows that it takes a lot of, you know, we need a lot of help in this area. Uh, because we want to work. And we want to gain some favor. And we want to gain that favor through work. And so in the, in the, uh, the um, Exodus 20 version, I'll read it for you here. I'll, I'll put it on the screen. Um, 
Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord, is a, is a day of rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. In it you shall do no work, you nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your strangers, nor uh, whoever, your stranger who is within your gates. In six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord, notice this, blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. I preached a sermon this morning in the nine o'clock service and, and a gentleman came up to me after the service and he said to me, this is what I overheard in the, in the foyer. A son, a young man, said to his dad, dad, I'm not doing chores today. <laughs> oh, that was great. He was listening to my sermon. So the Deuteronomy version is exactly the same um, except for uh, one little piece. And I'm going to read it for you. It's exactly the same except for this piece here where it says, and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there in a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Uh, therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Now the two difference, the differences of those two um, uh, versions is that in the Exodus version, he's talking about the emphasis is on creation. God created us. And the, the Deuteronomy version is on the emphasis is on God's deliverance. The Sabbath had kind of two-pronged uh, thought to it. One was, is that God created his, his creation and he wants to connect with it. He wants to have a relationship with you. But on the second piece is, is that uh, our world is broken and the Sabbath was to be a sign, a testament that God wants to heal and to restore our lives. He really wants to do that. And so he's talking about that he does not want us to be a slave anymore uh, to the, the, uh, to the uh, things of this world. Now, I, um, I want to encourage you to um, read a, a book on this. Uh, it's called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And I've got a little bit of a, an excerpt from that book here for you this morning. And, and, and this is what he says from the book. He says, we spend most of our lives breaking Sabbath and never figuring out that this is a part of the reason your work, because get this, unsatisfying, your friendships patchy, your leisures threadbare, your vacations exhausting. Now we know as a evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, Bible thumping, whatever else you want to say, we believe that we don't earn our salvation, amen? Jesus is our Sabbath. We believe that we are saved by faith, not of works that any man should boast. And so we have propagated that message. And it's a good message, and it's a true message. Exactly right. You cannot earn your salvation. However, how many know that our lives around us are messed up? Do you know that everybody is full of anxiety and... and, and uh, you know, the pharmaceutical company is having a, a multi-billion dollar profit these days by selling mood-altering drugs because everybody is upset and uptight. We're, we, we, we're, we hate our job. We can't get along with our family. 
We think that life is meaningless, and so we think, oh, man, you know, if we could just get a different job or go on a holiday, and then we do our holiday, and we're just as bad off as we were before. Maybe it has something to do with not keeping the Sabbath. See, there was a, a um, did you know that, we noticed that in the Exodus version, is he called it a blessed to keep the Sabbath. And, 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 you know, as a church, we would never teach anybody to steal or be okay with stealing because, you know, you might end up in jail. But we don't have a problem with keep, not keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath is something that we break regularly and continually. So the, the, um, the Exodus version it's, it's, it talks about the, the connection that, that God wants to have. It's talking about the, the journey that God wants you and him to walk together with. The journey of intimacy. The journey of, of, of relating heaven and earth, relating to each other. We sang about songs about how uh, that heaven, God doesn't want heaven without you. Did you know that God does not want heaven to, without you? He wants heaven to be filled with you. He wants there to be a connection. And so when we look at creation, that, um, that our relationship with God is not based on what I've achieved or what the work that I do, but in the very fact that God created us and he wants a relationship with us. So we look at this, um, we look at this concept in that, um, so when God made everything, he created the sun and the stars and the water and the fish and and then he on the sixth day he finally created animals and humankind man humans people you us and then what did he do he said it was good after every creation that he made but when he got to the humans he said it was very good. And notice that on the seventh day, this is what he did. He rested. You see, what we do in our culture is this, is that we work really hard for five or six days, and then we think we can have a day off, right? And, 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 and God did the exact opposite. He worked really hard and then he made humans, and then he said, okay, now I want to enjoy my, their first day of their existence with me. He wanted their work week to be started with rest and not to end with rest. Isn't that good? Hey, this is good preaching. <laughs> but we do it differently. The truth is, is that our work is never end. You know, there's always something more to do. When Drain and I were planning on coming out here, you know, and, and she was scurrying around the house and she's doing this and doing that. And I said, honey, we got tomorrow. You can do that tomorrow. No, but tomorrow I've got to do this, this, and this. How many know what I'm talking about? Work never ends. You know, we feel guilty when we're working and we feel guilty when we're not working. We're always, you know, this work thing is we're a slave to it and God wants to set us free. In fact, what happens is, is oftentimes, is that we determine our value 
by what we've accomplished or the work that we do. And so oftentimes, you know, people are like uh, weekend warrior. How many, is there any weekend warriors in the house? Do you know what a weekend warrior is? A weekend warrior is that you work all really hard all week and then Friday night comes, you make up your list, you run over to home hardware, you buy a bunch of tools or a bunch of materials, you work like crazy Saturday and Sunday, and then when you get to work on Monday, you oh. Some people, you know, here's the other thing about our culture, is that, that leisure has actually become exhausting. People are more tired after they've holidayed than before they went. So I want to talk to you today about resting or about having uh, the, what God intended. See, God never intended you to, um, to hold your breath for 50 weeks so you can breathe for two weeks. And that's what we do. We, we just say, if I can just get through my 49th week, then I'm going to go on a holiday. And you go on your holiday and you're disappointed because you're so uptight from the last 52 weeks. So I want to I share with you guys a, a principle, a, 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 a Sabbath rest for you. And, um, and so if you look at the, at the beginning, the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 2. So God finished everything on the seventh day. He finished his work. And, uh, and so he, he rested. Now, God didn't need to rest, by the way. He wasn't tired. Um, but what he wanted to do, notice this, he blessed the seventh day. Did you know that, that God, there was a curse on work, man's judgment for, you know, eating the apple. And, and he says, the work is going to be hard and it's going to be strenuous. But he said, but he blessed one day out of that seven days, it was going to be a, a blessing. It was going to be a blessing to the people. And he called it the Sabbath. And he said he made it holy because he rested on that day and he, everything he created. And he said it was very good. What did God want to do? What did God want to do? You know, when you make something, how many, how many of you are, there are a bit of a crafty people or you're creative or you've got workshops or you've got kind of a, you know, once you make something, what do you want to do with that thing? Do you want to put it right to work or do you want to look at it? Do you want to play with it? Do you want to watch, you know, kind of like, wow, isn't that great? And, and, and you want to marvel over it. That's what happened on the day of creation. When God created us, he, he didn't, it wasn't like, uh, he creates man, and then he says, all right now, get to work. That's what happens when you get married. <laughs> you think it's going to be blessed, right? No, no, you got to get to work. See, God didn't create that. See, what God said, God created human beings. He created mankind in his image, and the very first thing he wanted to do with them was to enjoy them. He wanted to play with them. He wanted to hang out with them. He wanted to just have fun with them. I uh, just recently have read a book, and I encourage you to think of it. Uh, read it, uh, Cycle of Grace by Jerry Haas and, and Trevor Hudson. And they talk about four elements so that you will not get burnt out. Do you know that, that, that people are just burning out all over the place? And, and, and so they wrote a book about how not to get burnt out. And, and so he listed four 
uh, different things that we need to do ex um, in order for us as human beings to maintain a lifelong vocation and not be burnt out. And these are the four. First of all, you have to come to a place of acceptance, place of sustenance, a place of significance and fruitfulness. And the pattern was found in Jesus Christ. Do you know in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice that came from heaven. And the Bible says this is before he did any miracles, before he did any work. Um, he came to John the Baptist and he said, I want to be baptized. And, uh, and so when he was coming out of the water, there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus had not yet done one miracle. He hadn't done any significant activity. He hadn't preached one sermon that was recorded before this moment. And there's a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son. This is God's pattern, by the way, that first he wants to, you to know that you are accepted. You cannot earn God's favor. If you are, going, if you are a Sabbath keeper and you think you're going to get favor with God because you keep the Sabbath, no, it's not that at all. In fact, what God was trying to say is by keeping the Sabbath is so that you and God can connect so that you can have an experience one day a week where you know that God has accepted you exactly the way you are. Isn't that good? You don't have to perform. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to create anything. You just have to be with him. And then the second step is once you've come to a place of, uh, of acceptance, when you really know that God has accepted you, now you're open to a place where God can sustain you. You see, if you try to find your sustenance or your sustaining or your life, L-I-F-E in quotation marks, by your work or by some kind of relationships or by social media, you're going to be left wanting. But if you know that the creator, the one who made you, is, is, has first of all accepted you, and if you reach out to God and allow God to pour his life into you, your life you will find, as Jesus says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God wants to bring his life, his life, into us. But then, then, you see, then we come to a place of significance. When I begin to understand who I am, that I'm accepted, and that my life comes through him, now all of a sudden, the cry of my heart of significance becomes to be realized, and then I become fruitful. But what we do as a culture is we flip that on its head, and we do it backwards. We think that if I am fruitful, if I can produce something, if I can become somebody, if I get a lot of likes on my social page, if I can become uh, um, well-known in the political field, if I can become successful in the business area, then I will, be, I will feel significant. And out of, my, out of that, I can find my life and then acceptance finally. Listen, it never works. You'll always, it's never enough. You'll always be left wanting. And so God created a pattern in the Ten Commandments called the Sabbath practice. 
so that we can understand that, that this is the pattern that God had. This is the pattern that Jesus used. He first felt God's acceptance, and then he drew his sustenance from God, his life and strength, and because of that, he knew who he was. He knew that he was the son of God, and out of that, he was fruitful, intimately connected. And so Jesus invites us to do the very same thing. He says, Jesus said, take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am humble and gentle of heart, and you'll find what? Rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon In other words, what he's asking us to do is to step in to the will of God. Step in to what God's plan is. Step in to what he says we should do. Step into my yoke and learn of me and you'll have rest in your soul. Sabbath was given so that we could have rest in our soul. So we, we can step into that yoke, the yoke of keeping the Sabbath or having one day out of the, out of the seven where we actually rest in God. So, you know, Jesus kept the Sabbath, not as a religion, but as a form of relationship. Oftentimes, you read through the Gospels, you see Jesus uh, in the synagogues and, and, uh, and, and, and keeping the Sabbath. Um, but, it, but he really struggled with the idea that uh, you had to keep these rules. And, uh, but it's important to keep the Sabbath so that I can do the work that God has called me to. Now, now, those of you who have ever flown in a plane, um, you will, of course, uh, uh, you, know, you know how it is. You, you get all herded in there, and, and you finally get seated down, and, and you're, you know, you're, so everybody now is finally seated, and, uh, and then you've got the stewardess. She's standing in front of you, and, um, and sh uh, she uh, says, you know, um, <laughs> uh, in the event of decompression, an oxygen mask will automatically appear. That does not encourage me. <laughs> I'm trying to relax. And then she goes on to say, you know, the start of the, the, the oxygen will start to flow, and so pull the mask towards you, place it firmly over your nose and mouth. You know, this, you know the, the drill. Um, and the bag will inflate automatically and you can, you know, breathe normally. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know about that. So, anyway, it sounds good up till now, right? You know, they're giving me some advice. But then this comes on. If you're traveling with a child or someone requires assistance, secure your mask on first and then assist the other person. Then oh, I always thought, I don't know about you, but I always thought to myself, that's crazy. If, 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 if there's an event and something's going, I'm not going to look after me first. I'm going to help that child. And, I, and, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me because you see, I've been doing that all my life. All my life I've been trying to help people, doing things, working and I would not take a Sabbath. I would not take a rest. Because I was doing the work of the Lord. Helping people. I, and I justified it. And, um, and you know, I'll tell you, saints. This is, so I cannot be any good if I'm not healthy. And so, um, 
a year or so ago, I cr crashed, and I had to take an extended period of time. By the way, saints, I, I really appreciate you taking, sending your pastor on a holiday, and we need, you need to really, thank you for supporting uh, Paul and Patty. This is really important that people take time for sabbaticals. I needed to learn the Sabbath principle. Just like our reading this morning is that in Hebrews chapter 12, sometimes God gives us a little spanking, a little, come on, <laughs> smarten up here. This isn't going so good for you. He, and he does it to get our attention. So I want to give you just um, uh, four things here just to help you with this so that you can take a Sabbath and make it worthwhile. So number one, there's a four elements, I think, that I came up with to have a good Sabbath. Number one is stop, two, rest, three, enjoy, and lastly, worship. So it's interesting about this is that because we're creatures of habit, that this will not be easy. If you have not been in the practice of taking a day of rest, a day of a Sabbath day, you will find this very hard. It will not be easy. But I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to preach this message in this church. By the way, this is the first time you're getting this message. No one else has ever heard it. You're very special. <laughs> but notice this scripture here. And I, I, you know, because you see, and there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work. So we believe that you're not saved by works, you're saved by faith. We enter in, Jesus is our Sabbath, and he created um, a, a way of salvation for us, and so we can rest in God, uh, just as God did from his. So let us therefore, now notice this, notice these words, make every effort to enter that rest. Make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish. Listen, saints, there, if, 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 um, if we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about your personal life. We're talking about the fact that you can be very successful in life and work seven days a week, but lose your family. You can be very successful in life and have great accolades in the business world, but be dead on the inside. You can be very successful in the church and do all the church work and, and everybody is, you know, is, is loving you and patting you on the back. Meanwhile, you're crying because you don't know where God is. You see, it says make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish. So as I talked about these four elements, let's just break it down a bit. One of the, you know, <laughs> one of the, the why I said it's going to be difficult, because the very first one I said is stop. Stop! <laughs> Somebody said to me, well, what can I do and what can't I do on the Sabbath? We always want to have these rules, right? What can I do? What can I do? Well, here's a good Sabbath rule. Stop doing what you ought to do. If you're supposed to do it, don't do it. Stop. Just stop. How many know that's hard? 
You know, I, I, I've, I started keeping a Sabbath. I've been practicing this sermon now for some time. And, uh, and so, you know, one day I said, I'm just going to check my email. Bad idea. The second one is rest. So I, I did a little acrostic on this rest thing. Um, rest. Read, eat, sleep, and tarry. Now, all you old Pentecostals will think I'm talking about the Holy Ghost here. The, the young people don't know what I'm talking about. But the word tarry, because I, I had to come up with a T, all right? Just help me, all right? But the word tarry means dawdle. We don't dawdle, especially those on Highway 2. As a culture, we don't dawdle. We think dawdling is bad. We hate dawdling. You go to the Safeway checkout line, what do you do? You look, see which is the fastest line? And then you notice that line's going faster? We hate dawdling. Listen, if you want to have a good Sabbath, rest by read, eat, sleep, and dawdle. Just kind of meander. You know what the Bible tells us that we should become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven? Do you know that little kids dawdle? And, and, and you know, what are they doing? And the second thing that little kids do is they enjoy. They have fun without guilt. They just play. They love playing. Jesus said that we should become like little children, and children love to play. You know, uh, enjoy. Uh, uh, the Sabbath should be a day of enjoyment where, where we just have fun. And, and so we stop doing what we ought to do, because it's probably not fun anyway. Rest, read, eat, sleep, and dawdle, and then do something that you enjoy, that brings joy to your, to your um, life. If weeding in the garden is a, it gives you life, then go weed. I'll tell you, that would not be a, a fun thing for me. But do something that you enjoy, that's fun for you, and then lastly, worship. You know, it's really interesting. Like, um, take time out and say, you know, um, this day I'm going to go and I'm going to worship with God's people. It's not enough to worship online. And we're thankful for all the people that are online and we say, God bless you. We're glad you're with us this morning. But saints, if you could find your way to the house of God and worship together, contemplate the word of God, hear the word of God, or, and, and then when you're, you know, just take time in that day where you can go in the bush and, and look at a leaf and marvel and contemplate about the beauty and the creation of the leaf. I've been lately, I've been just thinking about all the different creation of all the beauty and the intricacy. I, you know, it's worship. And so take those four things and um, I, I forget what time, I think I'm supposed to, what time was I supposed to be done this time? <laughs> okay, I gotta be rule keepers, you know. I gotta be do it right. 
All right, so let me go to, so this is the, so basically I've been talking about the first version, the, the Exodus version of, of relationship. God wants to have a relationship. He wants to play with you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to have intimate relationship with you. He wants to have you take a time where you can rest and just wait on him and, and just dawdle with God and just allow God, just you and God to be connecting. But then there's a second aspect in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And Deuteronomy chapter 5, we, talk, we, we look at that, and it's talking about deliverance. You see, because we get ourselves into a mess, and the world's a mess, and there's all kinds of difficult things, and we come into bondages. Some people in this room are filled with a bondage, and you've been trying to break it. You know, the Sabbath is a prophecy, a testimony, an example, a light for us to say that there is a possibility for you and I to have a creative relationship, an intimate creative relationship with God and me together, but also that in the Sabbath was a place of restoration, a place where you could find healing, a place where you can find life, a health, your body can be restored, you can be mentally healthy, you can be healed, you can, by keeping the Sabbath, saints of God, the Sabbath is a, a uh, revelation that God wants to set people free from the slavery of their life. Whatever's enslaving you, whatever it is, addiction, sickness, whatever it is, God wants to set us free. And that's what this portion of scripture is about this morning. So, as a culture, we abolished slavery, and then we invented the watch. So we became slaves to time. We became slaves to production. We gotta get this done. We became slaves to our devices. Do you know that young people today are absolutely hooked on social devices? We became slaves to sin, and it's wrong to become a slave to Sabbath keeping. I'm not propagating that at all this morning. And uh, God wants to set us free. In fact, Jesus taught a lot about the Sabbath. He said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Uh, so so it was, if the God blessed that day so that we could be, a, a, be blessed in it. Jesus loved to heal. And he loved to heal on the Sabbath. The... Um, uh, there's a, you know, uh, a story, um, you know, the, he, uh, the, uh, the Jews had a lot of rules. Wikipedia said that they had something up to 613 regulations on Sabbath keeping. 613. Somebody told me after the, in the morning service, after I preached this message, they said, you know, in, in Israel, he, they were visiting Israel, and and uh, it's against the law in, uh, for a Sabbath keeper uh, to press the button on the elevator, because that's work. And so the elevators are programmed to stop at every floor. So nobody has to push the button. While I was researching this sermon, I came across this idea that it was, it was illegal to heal on the Sabbath because healing is considered work. And so apparently, and I've never tried this, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a new concept to me, but apparently that if you got a toothache, uh, the, the um, day in Jesus' day, they would, they would put vinegar on the tooth and that would heal the toothache. And, um, and so I didn't know that. So anyway, that was against the law. You can't put vinegar on a toothache because that's considered work. 
However, if you put some vinegar on some food and eat the food and your tooth gets better, so what? So the Gospels record 37 uh, miracles that Jesus performed. And do you know that seven of those dramatic miracles he performed on the Sabbath? And one of those uh, was uh, uh, a woman who had been 18 years had been suffering. Jesus called it 18 long years. When you're suffering, a year is long. 18 long years. And, you know, there were so many restrictions and rules, and Jesus wanted to give an illustration that the Sabbath day was not to enslave us, but to actually to give a demonstration of God's deliverance. And here was a woman, for 18 years she was crippled, the Bible says by a demon, and she was crippled there and she couldn't uh, stand up straight. And Jesus noticed her. Nobody noticed her. Nobody took her. To, she had, nobody had eyes for her. She was irrelevant. But Jesus saw her and Jesus calls her forward and then he gives them a good teaching and he says, how many of you will not pull out a, a you know, if someone's caught in a well, your animal is caught in a well, will you not pull it out of the well or, or you feed your animals on the Sabbath because you want to sustain them? How much more this woman who's been bound all these years to set her free and he heals her, hallelujah. I love it. And Luke chapter 13 is a, a similar story and, and it's on the Sabbath and there's a man there that's got a, a crippled arm. Paralyzed arm or crippled arm and we don't know how he got that arm crippled. We don't know what happened. Was it an industrial accident? Was it a, you know, um, was it in a war or conflict and his arm was maimed or was he born that way? We don't really know but we know this much. That Jesus saw that he had a crippled arm and Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. I, I, I love this. Because you see, God created the Sabbath for our healing. He created it so that we would not be crippled in some way. If you look at this scripture in the, <laughs> in the Mark story, Jesus heals the cripple and, and, the, and the Pharisees got really mad at him. I, 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 you know there's jokes in the Bible? And so the, the Pharisees said, well, he's healing on the Sabbath. We've got to kill him. So it was okay to murder, but not heal. Isn't that funny? I think it's funny. This is my sense of humor. I want to come to the conclusion of my message this morning, but I want to quote to you from um, Mark Buchanan's book again, uh, Rest of God. Because you see, <clears throat> I want you to challenge yourself today and ask yourself, if I follow the trajectory of my life, the, the path that I've chosen, the way that I'm going now, where will I end up? So that's the question that he asks. So he says, wise people ask, does the path I'm walking lead to a place 
I want to go. If I keep heading this way, will I like where I, will I, like where I arrive? Fools don't ask that question. They keep making excuses for themselves, justifying and blaming all the way to nowhere. They dupe themselves right to the grave. They never change their minds. Consider your ways. That's a wise Sabbath liturgy. And let me make it clear. Let me, let me make it even more specific. Consider your thoughts and attitudes, the pattern of them, their shape and drift. Are they leading you where you want to go? Plot your trajectory. Will they lead you in a place where you care to live? Isn't that good? In other words, if you continue on your path that you're going, if you ignore a day of rest, where will it lead you? To take one day and stop, rest, and joy and worship. Your life will be filled. You'll be full. You'll be healthy. You'll be blessed. You see, Jesus wants to connect with us. He wants to enjoy us. He wants to be with us, his creation. And he wants to bring life to you. And sometimes our lifestyle and the things that the way we live actually is bringing disease, sickness, and disability, and in fact, enslavement. And so God is saying, come on. Come apart. Come and rest with me one day a week. Stop, rest, enjoy. Stop, rest, enjoy, and worship. He promises us a full life. That's our promise. And I'm going to encourage you today to consider it and to embrace it for yourself. So that's the end of my sermon. And I gave it to you guys. But let me warn you, it is not easy. Because we are creatures of habits. And you'll find a hundred excuses why you should do what you don't need to do. But your mind will convince you that I need to do that. Just stop. Dawdle. Enjoy. And then worship together, either, you know, to, with each other or in yourself, with yourself, with God. Find a place. God bless you. If you, if anybody here, I want to just close with this thought, though, that you see, it starts with Jesus. Jesus is our salvation. And if someone is listening online, or there's somebody here in the room that has never accepted Christ as your Savior, He is our Sabbath. He is our rest. We start with Jesus. You see, Jesus wants to connect you to God. Jesus is the bridge to heaven and earth. And we can come to know the Father through Jesus, the only way. But you see, He doesn't want you just to accept Jesus so that He can work you to death. He wants you 
He's got a plan for your life and he's got, a, he's got work for us to do. But he wants us to take one day out of that week and stop, rest, enjoy, and worship so that we continue that relationship with Jesus. If you're in the house today and you would like to accept Christ, we would love to pray with you. There's a prayer team here. There's the pastors are here. And uh, we're going to invite you to stand. Would you stand with me? If you'd like to come and, and just talk about what it means. What does it mean to accept Christ into your life? Why don't you just slip out of your seat? We won't keep you very long. Just a couple of minutes. And somebody will come down and pray with you and talk to you. Or if there's somebody in the house and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and you're saying, you know, I need to make a commitment. My life has been a mess because I've not kept the Sabbath. I have sacrificed my family, my personal relationship with God, my, my, uh, my very health by working seven days a week. And today, I'm going to make a commitment to God. I'm going to make that commitment by coming, standing here in front of God and saying, I want to keep the Sabbath. Would you do that today? Is there someone here in the house? Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. Why don't you come now? Pastor Mark. Amen. Well, there'll be people. We'll just wait up here for you guys. Anybody that wants prayer for anything, we just would love to agree with you in prayer. And so, Lord, we thank you, Father, for Pastor Jim and his family. And we just pray your blessing on him. Pray for his church, Lord God, that church in B.C. there, that you would just bless it, Father God. I pray that he would see a harvest. He says that he's been experiencing a lot of new people coming to know you. Father, we, we see that here as well, Lord God. We have seen many people coming to know you as of late. And we just pray that it would just multiply and that we would be known, Lord God, for a church a place where people can come and uh, experience healing of all kinds. So we pray you just go with us this weekend and help us, Lord God, to have rest on our minds, to be able to say it's okay for us to stop. It's, it's, it's a must that we stop for our health's sake in many ways. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go.